Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Amen. This is just crazy, the seasons that we've been in where people can't get along that that believe and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord. Well, that's a whole other message that is not for today. Um, But I'm telling you, I'm excited about today's message. We are in part number seven of our beautiful attitude series. This is a series, it's really a play on words. It's the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter five, Matthew chapter six, and Matthew chapter seven. And, um, The first week, and I also just want to tell you this, if this is your first time here this morning, I want you to know that you can get all of these messages and and other messages, you can get them online, I encourage you to go back and listen to them, or you can just go to our Connect Center, and um, and the, the lovely people that work that part of the church, they would be more than happy to take your name and information, give you a DVD for free just to just to give it to you and um and it will be good but matthew chapter 5 we started off you know blessed are the poor in spirit and then the next week we talked about blessed are those who mourn and then the next week we talked about blessed are the meek the next week was blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness the next week or blessed was the merciful Not last week, but the previous week to that was blessed are the pure in heart. And I'm just telling you this, that all of these messages have been so good and so powerful. You know why? Because these are the messages that Jesus would preach if he was preaching today. These are the, these are sermons that Jesus himself, come on, taught his disciples. If you're wondering what it is that Jesus would preach about, and there's been no other preacher that's even come close to preaching like he. Um, this is this is these are the topics that you know that he's covered, as well as others as well. But uh, but one person said each of these messages is like putting a nail in the coffin of self. I'm telling you what you cannot listen to these beautiful attitudes, these beatitudes, without. Come on, dying out to the flesh. And so I'm very excited about today. Today's a big one. Today is message number seven. And if you know anything about Jewish culture, Jewish history, you will know that seven is a very, very important number. Seven is the number of perfection. Somebody say perfection. Seven is the number of completion. Somebody say completion. In fact, the disciples Come on, I can just see them because seven is such an important number. He's going through the list, blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. And they're like, man, we're seeing a pattern here, blessed are. And then all of a sudden they get to five, all of a sudden they get to six. And they're like, man, listen, we really need to lean in. We really need to pay attention because seven is the number of perfection and complete. How many of you know that God doesn't do anything by accident? He does everything, come on, by order and by design. So this one right here was put into position because it is so stinking important. 
In fact, I'll tell you this, that I believe that, and I shared this with our, with our folks in the, in the back before the service, I believe if somebody is in an Ironman contestant, if somebody loves, anybody do those Spartan races? What is wrong with you people? No, no, I'm just totally kidding. Um, those Spartan races, like, like anybody doing ultra marathons and things like that, people love to push the envelope and see how far it is that they can go. Like this would be the beatitude, the beautiful attitude for that person. Because blessed are the peacemakers is the most difficult beatitude of all of them. Like, listen, if you want to challenge yourself, Blessed are the peacemakers um, is your scripture. It says Matthew 5, chapter 5 and verse 9. Go ahead and turn your Bibles there. Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the children of God. I want you to know this, that the word blessed is the word makarios in the Greek. Don't even know if I'm saying it properly. But, um, but what it means is happy. And this is not a superficial happiness. Have you guys ever heard the term um, fake it until you make it. Just put a, paint a smile on your face and act like things are just okay. That is the most biggest bunch of baloney that I have ever heard. And I'm so sick and tired of people saying, well, just fake it until you make it. How about you work on the real issues and get to the point where you are happy? It's not a superficial happiness. It's not a happiness that's based off of happenings, meaning that, that if good things happen to me, then all of the sudden I'm now happy. And if that's the way that you live, then, then, then you, you know, the opposite is true. When bad things happen to me, then that's going to steal my happiness and my joy. And I'm just saying this, that your happiness, your makarios, your joy is not based on circumstantial events. Come on. It is actually the word shalom, which is a Hebrew word. And this is the definition. Peace is the word shalom. It means wholeness. Somebody say wholeness. It means completeness. It means fulfillment. It means inner rest. How many of you folks need some inner rest today? You know what peace means? It means living without deficiency or lack. And I'm just telling you, in the crazy world that we live in, and it seems like things are getting more and more crazy every single day, what people need is a little bit of inner peace. They, 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 they need a little bit of comfort. They need to be in a place where they're lacking nothing but for you to possess peace, for you to strive for peace, for you to believe in peace, then you have to know what peace looks like. And I'm telling you, just putting this together has not been, it's not been the easiest message because I think peace is misunderstood a lot. Like, like, like people, you know, they, they, they define peace in a wrong way, in an unbiblical way. Like people would say that world peace is the absence of war. And let me just tell you, that is baloney as well. World peace is not the absence of war. There are many countries, very many small countries and even some medium-sized countries that have not been at war with anybody for a long time. But when you go there, you don't, you don't find peace. 
So, so peace is not the absence of something. Peace is not the absence of conflict or disagreement. People are just like, man, if I just didn't ever have any more conflict or if I never disagreed with somebody else, you know, for the rest of my life, then I would just be at perfect peace. Wrong! Peace is not the absence of conflict or disagreement. It's not the absence of stress or anxiety. See, real peace is not found in the absence of Real peace is found in the presence of. Amen. Like when you're in the presence of the Lord and, and you and I, come on, those of us that walk with God, those that are, of us that are called Christians, those of us that are believers, like we are in the presence, you should be in the presence of the Lord all the time. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, come on, the Prince of Peace, the, 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 the Comforter, the, you know, he lives inside of you. And so, so you're always in the presence of the Lord. But how many of you know that sometimes even the best of Christians don't even identify that? Right? They don't even identify, they don't identify that. And so real peace is not found in the absence of, it's found in the presence of I think it's interesting, like there's one food that's a wonderful food that, that, that it doesn't need any, any additives. Like, like I cooked some burgers. Anybody like a good smash burger? Now listen, I'm looking for a smash tool. If you know where I can pick up a smash tool, I had to just put my weight into it and, and, uh, and, and use the spatula. I about broke my spatula, and so I need a good smash tool but I cooked up some smash burgers last night, and you know what I had to do? I had to add some oil, because I got some real good beef that doesn't have a lot of fat in it. But there's one, there is a perfect food, it's a perfect food. It's called bacon. It is called bacon. And I'm telling you what, you could throw bacon in a dry pan, and you know what's gonna happen? Oil or grease is gonna come out of the bacon and not only is it going to be enough for the bacon but it's going to be enough for anything else that you want to throw in there with us. some potatoes you know what i mean some french toast no you don't put french toast in well sure why not bacon added to anything makes it better and so what happens is, is you've got this, you've got this fat, you've got this grease that is inside the very thing that you're cooking. When you begin to add heat to it, it begins to come out. And I'm telling you what, that's what the Holy Spirit will do in your life, in my life, especially in a high pressure, come on, heated situation. Come on, you can have peace because you have the Holy Spirit, you can have mercy, you can have grace, you can have all of these things because you possess, you house the Holy Spirit in the worst of situations. When you need it the greatest, peace can come out. Come on, and it doesn't make sense. We're going to be talking about that a little bit, a little bit more, but I want you to know this, that you cannot have peace unless you, you can't give it away unless you possess it yourself. So we're called to be peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. You can't give what it is that you don't have, right? You can't give it away. You can't, you can't help somebody else if you don't have it yourself. That's why it's so interesting sometimes listening to people talk, because you observe that they're not, 
They're not in a good place themselves, but yet they're encouraging people with all the right words to experience something that they're not experiencing themselves. Usually this happens with young people a lot. They're talking about something that they don't possess. They're sharing with a friend all the right answers, but they don't have it themselves. And it's like, man, it's like you're speaking Chinese. But it's not just young people, it's old people too. Come on, you have to, to be a peacemaker, you've got to possess peace. During our lockdown, um, the, 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 I don't know about you, but, but I got so stinking bored during the pandemic. In fact, I bet, I haven't searched it, but I bet a lot of people, even in this church, probably did what I would call, uh, coining this phrase, Nobody's, I've never heard anybody else coin it, but pandemic projects. Like you're sitting around, man, we can't go nowhere. You know what I'm saying? We're, I'm so bored. Man, what can I do? What can I build? What can I, what can I tear down? What can I, what can I? And so this is my pandemic project. See, we have a backyard that the sun rises and it goes all the way over and it sets and my backyard is in the sun 100% of the day. And so for the first probably eight years, seven years that we've lived there, like we would go out and mow the grass, and, and, but we would never enjoy the backyard. And so we always talked about just putting a little covered patio. The house is over here. Just putting a little covered patio over you know what I mean? Over the piece of concrete that's already there. And I, was, I just got a wild hair one day. Went to the Home Depot and, and just started buying wood and, and, and lumber. And this is my pandemic project. And we love it. We use it every single morning. We use it throughout the evening. And, and what's wonderful about this is the wind comes from this backside. How many of you know we got a little bit of wind in our area? So, so it's, not just, it's not just the sun you got to think about. And so in my brilliance, man, I'm like, I'm going to make it three-sided. Like I can be outside and inside all at the same time. And so the wind comes from this side. How many of you remember that huge storm that we had you know, a few weeks ago or a month ago with the hail that came down, the wind was blowing, the rain was falling and coming down. And I just, I sat, I sat there and I just looked out. You know what? I could hear chaos all around me, but I was in a cocoon of peace in my backyard. And I'm just telling you this, that this is what the Lord has for each and every one of us. Going through the hardest difficulties, the most troublesome situations in life, you can be in a cocoon of peace. Craziness that you hear all around you, but you're just not exposed to it. You're not, you're not really feeling it. You know it's there, but it's not affecting you. God has this for you. I want you to know that I'm not talking about being a peacekeeper. How many of you know that a peacekeeper will avoid conflict at any cost whatsoever? A peacekeeper is somebody that is afraid. They're motivated by fear. They don't do what needs to be done because of, because of fear. They get along always, no matter what. They just want to get along. And I'm telling you this, 
I'm not calling you, nor is the Lord calling you to be a peacekeeper. He's calling you to be a, a peacemaker. A peacemaker is somebody that comforts or it confronts areas that are lacking peace. And so when you're living your life and there's an area, there are people that you're doing life with and there's no peace in that relationship, no peace in that situation, what a peacemaker does is he confronts it in order, come on, to bring peace into that, into that relationship again. So he creates conflict. She creates conflict to advance, come on, the peace in the relationship. I tell you what, I found that there are two different kinds of people in the midst of conflict. There are skunks and there are turtles. A skunk in the midst of a conflict or in, in the midst of a tough situation, a skunk literally stinks up the whole area. Not only are you going to damage the person that you're in conflict with, but you're gonna damage all of the innocent bystanders in a whole one mile radius. Come on, you're gonna smell it, you may hear it, and then there are those people there are those people in the midst of conflict or tough situations, they're turtles. All they do is they shrink back inside their shell and they're just like, man, I really hope that this goes away or I really hope that this just turns out, this turns out right. They're skunks, they destroy everything or they're turtles, they're just like, I'm just gonna close my eyes and just act like, right? Which one are you? Well, I'm not either one of those. Because there's a third that I think we should all look to emulate, and that is an owl. How many of you know an owl has tremendous eyesight? How many of you know that an owl has incredible hearing? How many of you know that an owl is very observant? And, and owls, are you, they're known for their wisdom. And so instead of being a skunk, which destroys everything, or being a turtle that just kind of shrinks back and, is a, and, and just is, is functioning and operating by fear, maybe it'll just go away. Let's be wise, let's be owls and do, come on justice, come on this God that we, that we serve. I'm telling you this, that we are never more like God than when we take the completeness and the wholeness that we have into a world that so desperately needs it. You're never more like God than whenever you take the, the, the work in progress or the completed progress in your life into a world that so desperately needs it. Come on, you can take it into your family, you can take it into your workplace, you can take it into this church, you can take it into, into you know, to the grocery store, you can take it every single place that you go. I want you to know this, that people desire three things. They desire a lot of things, but love, joy, and peace are a big three, right? What do you think the enemy's after? Love, joy, and peace. He wants to steal your peace. He wants to take your joy. He wants to make it so that, so that you don't love well. There are many people in our world today, and unfortunately many Christians as well, that they're chasing something. They're chasing something. They're chasing, they're chasing a position. They're chasing, um, you know, they're, they're chasing money. They're chasing prestige. Uh, they're chasing a house. They're chasing something. And I would say to this person, in the event that they were here, I know they're not here this morning, but in the event 
that you're, that you're chasing something and you're here this morning, this is what I would say to you is that you just haven't gone through anything serious yet. Because at the moment that you go through something serious, you realize that money ain't going to help you. Your car ain't going to help you. Your house ain't going to help you. And certainly no title that you've been able, come on, to achieve, um, you know, that you can put in front of your name. That is not going to help you as well. Come on. The things that are going to help you is faith, joy, love, hope. Peace, all of these things. And so you need what only the Spirit of God can give. Have you ever met somebody that doesn't get along with anyone? They're just, they're just, they're always in conflict with somebody. Don't move around too much. I see eyeballs shifting and people getting un, uncomfortable. Have you ever met somebody that just can't get along with anybody? They're always at odds with somebody. Or, or this is another, uh, another kind of a similar situation. They're always figuring out what's wrong with every situation. What's fun is whenever you get a couple of those or three of those people together, like you will find out everything that's wrong in just a matter of moments. And they just begin to play off one another. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe that. Can you, I just, what these people are, what are they doing? Right? But I'm telling you, people that are at odds with people all the time, these people are not happy with themselves. They don't like themselves. How in the world can you like anybody else if you don't like yourself? And I'm just saying that we've got to get to a place and a point at a time where we're satisfied with who it is that God has created us to be. We're not trying to be somebody else. We're trying to be who God has created us to be. So number one, we must possess the true peace of Jesus Christ. Once again, you cannot give what it is that you don't have. You can't get the true peace that I'm talking about, that shalom peace. You can't get it from Muhammad. You can't get it from Buddha. People will tell you, oh yeah, Buddha's the, you know, the, he, that's, the, that's, the, that's the way to peace. You can't get it through Confucius. That'll cause confusion. You can't get it through Joseph. You can't get it through, you can't get it through Joe Rogan. <laughs> you can't get it through Jordan Peterson. You can't get it through anybody else that, it, that you find yourself. Man, I just really admire this guy's insight or this woman's insight. Come on, the peace that I'm talking about, it only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Peace comes from a genuine encounter and a relationship with Jesus Christ. John chapter 14, 27, real quick, says this. And Jesus is saying, this peace that I leave with you, my peace is the peace that I give to you. See, this is the peace that, take, that took Jesus himself, not only to the cross, but through the cross. This is the peace that he is offering to you, Joe. Hey, the same peace, it's my peace that I'm giving to you, my friend, is the same thing that took me to the cross, that took me through the Garden of Gethsemane whenever it is that I didn't want to do what was in ahead of me to do. It took me through that. It took me through the beating that I had taken. Come on, the peace that I'm giving to you is the same peace. It's my peace. See, he lived in perfection. He lived through all the temptation that any one of us can live through. He died on a cross, he, he washed our sins away, and he rose again on the third day. 
That's the peace that he has available to you. Read about it in, in the book of John. He says, peace I live with, uh, that I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. How does the world give peace? The world lies to you. The world says, listen, if you'll just drink just a little bit of this, it's going to take the edge off. If you'll just smoke a little bit of this, it'll, it'll allow you to cope for a period of time. Like if you'll just take these pills, come on, these pills that will rob from you, it's going to change your identity. You're going to turn into a liar. You're going to turn into a thief. You're going to turn into, but if you'll just take these pills, just take these pills, man, you're going to be able to get by and, 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 and not have to be so upset with all the trouble that is around you. You see, the world gives you peace, but the world takes it back. The world pulls the rug right out from underneath of you. He says, this is, the world says, this is the solution. And it just adds to your headaches and your problems. But that's not the, the peace that Jesus gives. The peace that he gives is the power of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. Number two, uh, I'm just going to jump down. Don't got time. Ba ba ba. Number two, peace comes by faith. Romans chapter five and verse one says this. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, you got to understand what justified by faith is. Justified by faith is, is, listen, Jesus is saying, listen, I know what it is that you have done. And some of you guys, man, you've done some stuff. I have done some stuff. Man, I've done some ugly things. You are guilty, guilty, guilty. We deserve death. We deserve damnation. We deserve the worst punishment. But we're thinking, I'm a pretty good person. I deserve a little good to come. We don't deserve anything. So Jesus is saying justification by faith is whenever you, he knows what you have done, but he treats you like you've never done it. He knows what you have done, but he treats you like you've never done it. Do you know this? That when I stand before the Lord, and I'm not going to share with you what I've done, but I've done some horrific, terrible things. You know what? Jesus is going to look at me, and he's going to say, I don't see nothing. I don't see, I don't see anything. I don't see anything. And that's justification by faith. Come on. The devil, the accuser is saying, Guilty! And Jesus is like, not guilty. And guess what? His word is the word that matters. His word is the word that, that counts. You're justified by faith in Jesus. It goes on to say, through whom also we have access by faith to grace, in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of glory. Come on, you're justified by faith in Jesus. You're not justified by serving. You're not justified by giving a certain amount of money. You're not justified by taking communion. You're not justified by getting baptized. It is by grace through faith, not of works, that you're saved. Right? Are all those things important? Absolutely. But let me just say this, that, that I get conversations all the time, and I know personally that I've baptized people. And they're like, man, I just went through a tough, tough spot, tough, tough road. And, and, and man, I'm getting my life back in order. I think I need to be baptized again. 
We've baptized people, you know what I mean, a second time. They've been baptized at eight years old because they were raised in a, in a church. It wasn't really their decision. It was, it was, it was an expectation. People have been baptized as babies because they belong to a church. It wasn't their decision. Like there was no repentance. There was no, there was no, you know, they weren't even at a place of realizing that they needed to be saved, but yet they were baptized. So we've baptized a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Like that a second time. But let me tell you what you don't need to do. You don't need to get baptized once a year, once every five years. Like the baptism, whenever you come to Jesus, you repent of your sins, you ask him to forgive you, like it's sticky, it sticks. What you need to do is if you get off track, do what I do on pretty much the reg and just say, hey God, please forgive me of my sins. It's called repentance. Walk in repentance, pick up your cross again daily. You don't have to call me and get baptized six or seven times in a lifetime. All right, is that all right? So, so you're not justified through baptism. All right, that was fun. All right, the work of the devil is going to lie to you. It causes you to question, brings about confusion, division. He's the accuser. Every single day that you live is in a battle. The enemy wants you to question God when you need him the most. Should I go back to that church? Um, uh, should I really call my sin sin? Should I identify it as sin? Should I really read the word? Should I go to 21 days of prayer? He causes us to question the moment that you learn to reject that voice of the enemy, peace, shalom, without lack or without need. You've got everything. Number three, and this is my last one. Peace will keep you from losing your mind. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's too late. <laughs> of course, you're talking about yourself and not your neighbor. No, no, no. It's too. Peace, the peace of God will keep you from losing your mind. All the hell that has come against you, you shouldn't even be here today. You shouldn't even be alive, let alone being used by God. Are you kidding me? That's the peace of God. Jesus brought you through it, He's kept you because of His peace. I think about all of the burdens and all of the problems that he has lifted off of my own life. I'm telling you, I should not be here. Not only should I not be on this stage, I should not be alive. Do you know this, that I am 50 years old. When I was a young 20-something person, I literally did not think I was gonna reach the age of 30. I didn't have a vision for life after 30. I thought I was just gonna drink myself to death, do something stupid that would cause my life to end. So I've been, I'm on borrowed 20 years of time. Almost 21 years of time is, is borrowed. I didn't have a vision, didn't think I was gonna make it, but guess what? I'm here because of the power and the presence of God. The one that, the one that, if I did anything right, like I didn't stop up short and say, no, no, God, you're good. I don't need all that blessing. You know what? You know, no, I know God that you can deliver and you can do all that, but, but you know what? Go deliver the next guy. I was like, God, if you, if it's from you for me, I want every single thing that I can get. And there's a lot of people. Yeah, sure. Clap your hands. But there's a lot of people 
that I see that are pulling up short. They know that God has saved their life. They know that God has a better plan for their life. They know that they're only here today because Jesus has saved him, but yet they're questioning all that. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Would you just stop and remind yourself and look back and see what he has done? Because you, my friend, shouldn't be here either. He has saved you. He has planted your feet upon the rock, which is Christ Jesus. He has given you peace, but yet you fight against it because you feel like you can have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I'm just telling you, man, that's the work of the devil. Repent of your sins. Come out from that place. Say, God, I want everything that you have. Come on, you're creating terrible conflict for your family. You're creating terrible conflict, come on, for your relationships. You are not what it is that God has called you to be in your workplace. The devil has spoken so much because of this hidden sin inside of you. You know that you're supposed to be a witness to people, sharing the gospel with people, but the devil has shut your mouth because you know that you've got this hidden sin in your life. Come out from that place. Come out from that place and receive the peace of God that is available to you. Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. It is so peaceful, you can't even explain it to your friends. You know what's such a frustration as a pastor? It's frustration as a Christian, honestly, when you've experienced the power and the might of God deliver you from sin and then you come across somebody else that is bound up in the same sin but you can't walk them through one two three a b c because there's one element that is missing and that is the element of surrender it will not happen until a person falls to their knees and begins to surrender amen like mine's addiction Yours may be something completely different, but I'm telling you, I was set free because I surrendered it to Jesus. How do you walk through somebody through that? How do you do that? How do you walk somebody through that? You can't. All you can do is share. Come on, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony. So the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Peace is birthed when you surrender and trust Jesus. Peace pours out when you've been to the breaking point and come back from it. I'm telling you this, one of my biggest blessings is that I've been to the threshold of death and I had complete peace in that place. Do you know how beautiful it is to not be afraid to die, but yet you know that you're at that threshold? Do you know how dangerous of a man I am because of that? Do you know how dangerous, like, like honestly, why is, it, why is it that people, you know what I mean, don't speak up when they should speak up? For fear? Well, what if they don't like me? What, what if I lose my friends? Or what if, you know, what if this, like listen, when you face death and you know, like God gives you a vision that's eternity, and this is your life up to this point? Hmm, that's interesting. I'm standing right on the line. This could go one way or the other. You know what my response was? God, I'm good either way. 
but I was so tired. I was like, let's just do something. Paul said it like this, to live is Christ and to die is gain. To live is to, is to continue to preach Christ and share the good news. To die, I'm going to be in the presence of the Savior that I've been walking with in part. But man, I get to I get to walk it with him in the in the fullness. I'm like, God, honestly, this is my conversation with the Lord. I'm good. Just let's do something. Let's either let's just go on to what's next or let's live. And of course, I'm here today. But do you know, do you know this, that that people are afraid to open their mouth and to be the peace that a world so desperately needs because what if they reject me what if they don't want to be my friend anymore and i'm just saying when you stare death in the face and you're okay with it oh death the bible says where is your sting where is your sting? when you're okay with it you are a dangerous individual why because you can be you can not only hear what the spirit of the lord is saying but you will do what it is that the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And I just want you to know this, church, that if you're here today and you need, you want, you desire this peace, it is for you, man. The presence of God is so in this place. I felt it when I first came in. I felt it for the entirety of the week. Like if you're here and, and this message is just stirring you up just a little bit. I want you to know that that's the Holy Spirit. And maybe you're here and you've walked with God for a long time. And, and, and you, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you're like, ah, I'm saved. I'm good to go. But maybe he's not been the priority. I want you to know that the presence of God is here. And you can make a recommittal of your, of your life this morning. And then if you're here and you're like, I don't even know if I'm, if I'm saved, which means I'm going to heaven because of the work of the cross. I don't know if I've applied that to, to my life. And I certainly know that I don't walk in the peace that you've been talking about. Come on, that bacon grease peace. It just comes out like, like, I don't know if I would ever say that. And I'm just telling you this, you can know it today by receiving Jesus Christ. So if you're in one of those two camps, you need to make a renewal or you need to confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. Then I just want you just to raise your hand with me this morning. I'm going to pray for you. Is there anybody here this morning that you want to make that commitment? Anybody? everybody's good right here so good thank you so much i'm so glad i'm celebrating with you god's got bigger plans for your life amen anybody else right here thank you sir in the back i see you ma'am right here awesome anybody up top all the way in the top boom boom i see you both i didn't just shoot you i just said boom boom um Let's stand to our feet right now. Listen, guys, what I'm asking you to do, it's a confession. It's done through a prayer. I was in jail, completely inebriated, picked up for a DUI, prayed a prayer like this. God, I'm tired of my life. If you can do anything with it, you can have it. Immediately, man, the Holy Spirit came in, the comforter, the one that 
gave me peace in the middle of chaos came in at that moment through that simple prayer. And so I'm telling you, our prayers matter and our prayers count. And if you believe it, just speak it and say it after me. I want you, everybody in the place, just to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for dying on that cross for me. Today I confess that I believe in you and I receive you. Thank you, Lord, right now for forgiving my sins. And I ask you, Lord, to give me, which has already been promised, the Holy Spirit. To live in me, to dwell in me, to lead me, to give me peace, to lead my steps, to help me to be a better husband or a wife or daughter or son or friend or worker. God, my life does not belong to me. It now belongs to you. I am your servant. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. Now listen, yeah, come on, let's put our hands together. That's, uh, if you've not been baptized six times, I'm just kidding, totally kidding. If you've not been baptized, you really need to think about getting baptized. It's a beautiful first step of obedience that every single person should take as they're in the body of Christ. And, and uh, obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. God bless you. I want to say welcome to the family, all of you that have made a recommittal or a first-time commitment. I want you to know that Jesus loves you, and so do I, and so do we. We are here for you. God bless you. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.